welcome to another Committee Peace podcast. And today we will be talking about the topic of the Committee on Environment and Food Safety and V4. I am Ada Mehic, and today I have Pilvi, the chair of NV4, with me. Um, before we go on to talk about the academic part, maybe you could introduce yourself, Pilvi? Yes, sure. Um, I'm happy to be here. My name is Pilvi. Um, I come from Helsinki, Finland, and I'm graduating high school tomorrow now that we're recording this. And then in the fall, I'll be start- starting law studies here in Helsinki. I've been doing EYP for two and a half years now, maybe even a bit more. I don't know how to count. And I'll be a chairperson at um, Cork. Amazing. Um, is there is there any particular reason you chose this topic? Um, yeah, it's quite a common topic. And I'd often hear people talk about it. So I was like, hmm, I actually want to know what the EU has been doing um, in order to reach the goal of this topic and I wanted to do more research on that so I thought that it would be an interesting topic to do more research on but also hear discussions on and really get to know what kind of an impact um, the EU has on this issue. Well, it is indeed. I, I also find the topic very much interesting um, but I would also say that it is a bit Uh, more difficult to grasp because it's obviously like it's a very important issue but also uh, a complicated matter so would you or could you please try and explain the the topic a bit the main problems yeah um sure uh it's a pretty broad topic i'd say but then again it has quite specific goals um that it wants to reach so basically The main aim is to reach carbon neutrality by 2050 in the EU, which is uh, quite of an um, ambitious goal. To be honest, um, when I did the research, I also noticed that there should be a lot more done um, in order to prevent climate change and greenhouse gas emissions and all of that. Um, the EU hasn't really been acting on this matter for too long, um, and like we all noticed from reading the topic sentence this clean energy for all, for all package was only launched in 2019 which means that it, it is quite recent um, but it's been updated from the old versions so it's not like the eu hasn't been doing anything up until now but basically this topic re- revolves around um, climate change and the negative acts uh, or uh, negative consequences of climate change on our society and the nature as well and nations must act together. It's it's a fact on this since climate change doesn't really know um, country borders. So it is something that um, efficient cooperation is a must in. I wanted to talk about that a bit. Um, so obviously cross-border and regional cooperation makes a huge part of your topic, of this committee's topic. Could you maybe introduce some of the existing measures when it comes to cooperation between countries? Yeah, well, the major one of them is the Clear Energy for All package, um, which was launched in 2019, which then has these sub-aims um, that it tries to kind of tackle the whole issue in a detailed manner. There's a lot to explain, but basically um, all of the member states are um, required to have these uh, national energy plants, I don't know, <laughs> I don't remember the exact term, but um, those are a huge part of of actually trying to reach these goals. So the countries on their own have to do 
plenty at work, but um, that's exactly why I chose this topic, since it's interesting to see what the countries actually do when they get to cooperate and how they benefit from cooperation together, since there are EU-wide directives and all of that to try and reach these goals, but then what the nations could do to reach them even better would be to cooperate. So that's a complicated uh, explanation to that, but there are plenty of things that um, are under the umbrella of the European Union and also the so-called energy union. But then again, the countries or the member states haven't really um, cooperated that much in order to reach them. You you mentioned the responsibility of the EU and of the member states alone. What other stakeholders do we have? Um, there are plenty of uh, global stakeholders. It's not like climate change is an issue only in the EU. It definitely, like I already said, uh, doesn't recognize countries' borders. Um, one major one in the EU is, of course, uh, the European Commission. Then globally, we have the United Nations um, that tries to reach a sustainable a future with the sustainable development goals. So the UN is is a big part. Then one of the actors that provides research and scientific knowledge on climate change and its effects is the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, um, which then is a body of the UN again and helps provide facts to tackle the issue. And then, uh, last but not least, there's also the EU Agency for the Cooperation of Energy Regulators, uh, which then helps EU institutions and member states to actually reach the goals set out, for example, in the Clear Energy for All package. Thank you. Uh, thank you for explaining that. Uh, so, obviously, we all know that this topic is extremely important and relevant for all of us, as it does affect all of us. But why are the current measures not that effective? Uh, what main conflicts do we have on talking about that? Yeah, that's actually an interesting question um, that you need to really dive deep into in order to understand it. Like, it'll be so easy just to say, like, countries should cooperate and that's how it should go. But in fact, um, there are um, issues with, like, that not being so affordable for many countries and jobs being dependent on... Um, for example, the generation and usage of fossil fuels as they are used now. That's interesting. Could you tell us more? Yes, there are definitely long traditions in in actually using fossil fuels in our economy these days. And also the examples of countries cooperating have been quite positive. But like I said, um, there are challenges in actually reaching agreements on what would be best for countries' interests, because as we all know, the EU has its limitations when it comes to cooperation um, and countries' own interests. So there are plenty of things that affect the, the economy, society and nature altogether. So it's a very broad issue, like said before. And are there um, big differences between the member states themselves? Yeah, definitely. Um, the amount of renewable energy sources that are used in countries differ quite a lot. I don't have the statistic open now, but uh, what I remember from it is that there are definitely some more developed countries. For example, if I remember correctly, um, the Nordic countries um, have already taken quite a few steps in trying to reach carbon neutrality by 
uh, way before than 2050. But then again, there are some member states who are just so reliant on their uh, traditions on energy generation um, in the fossil fuels. Um, it's, it's really hard to actually match the, the member states' uh, levels of the usage of renewable energy resources. Yes, yeah, that is understandable. So are, are there any initiatives that are aiming to do exactly that? kind of um, yeah, support those that are struggling with the switch to renewable sources? Yeah, I'd definitely say that uh, most of the things under the clear energy package try to aim for an equal Europe and trying to create an energy uh, union because then again it helps the whole union if all of the countries try to act um, as best as possible. There's also, for example, uh, the just transition mechanism where um, the EU or the European Commission then supports um, member states so that they're able to invest uh, and create jobs in the green economy. So it's not like there aren't initiatives to try and help member states um, kind of reach a balance on on the use of renewable energy sources. So there are initiatives um, to try and tackle that. Amazing. And considering all of this, all of that you have already explained, what do you predict in the future or what are some main questions now when we are looking at the future and the development from now on? Well, what definitely interests me is uh, how the transition will actually impact um, the EU citizens' daily lives. At least I'm interested to see what a carbon neutral Helsinki would look like in 2050 or like it's been planned here to reach it by 2035, which is in less than 15 years, I at least would personally um, want to see a big, big step in in areas of trying to reach a greener economy. So that's that's at least something I've been thinking about. And like said before, countries must cooperate on this. So it's also interesting to see the political changes that it might make and the struggles that it might also cause the European Union, but then again, also the victories and successes that cooperation brings forward. Definitely. And with the session starting in only a few days, what message would you have for your delegates? First of all, hi, I'm super excited to meet you. And I just hope that you make the most out of the session. It can be scary. It's your nationals, but I'm here to help you. That's literally the only reason why I'm coming to the session, or one of the many reasons um, to be exact. But if there's anything I can do to help you with, just let me know at any point and I'm there for you. I am sure that especially your delegates have a lot to look forward to during the session. So with that, I think we can wrap up this episode and wish everyone a nice and successful session. Yes, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening and be sure to check up the other committee pieces and also our social media sites.